This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. If you're constantly on the hunt for a good deal, then you need Rakuten. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop because members get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every category, including fashion, beauty, electronics, home essentials, traveling, dining, and more. You're already shopping at your favorite stores. Why not save while you're doing it? It's a no-brainer. Get the Rakuten app now and join the 17 million members who are already saving. Cashback rates change daily. See Rakuten.com for details. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Your cash back really adds up. Tonight, miracle on the runway. The plane crash in Texas. A twin-engine jet never makes it off the ground. What happened to the 21 people on board? Look at these pictures. The plane incinerated. How anyone could have survived. What we're learning about the passengers, fans headed to tonight's playoff baseball game. Mixing and matching vaccines. Should you get a different COVID vaccine for your booster? What you need to know. Turning in their badges, more police and first responders ready to lose their jobs instead of getting vaccinated. How it will impact public safety. $17 million ransom. Haitian kidnappers make their demands. Who is this gang that kidnapped Christian missionaries and children? This is where the 400 Mawozo gang's territory begins. North Korean missile launch, why it's a concerning advance for Kim Jong-un's military. FBI raid agents searched the homes of a Russian oligarch close to Vladimir Putin and tied to U.S. election interference. Affordable hearing aids, the steps the FDA is taking to help the 37 million Americans with hearing problems. And female trailblazers, an artist teaching history by dressing young girls as pioneers. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with something we don't see very often, a plane crash where everyone survives. It really was a remarkable scene outside of Houston when something went horribly wrong on takeoff. This private jet crashed through a fence before catching fire. And by the time emergency crews arrived, 
all 21 people miraculously had evacuated, including a 10-year-old. One first responder called it an awesome feeling to see everyone safe. Now, this private plane is capable of holding more than 100 people, but its owner reconfigured it to hold fewer passengers. Well, tonight, federal investigators will begin going through the shard remains of the jet to look for clues. CBS's Janet Chamlin is going to lead us off tonight from Waller County, Texas, with all this new information. Good evening, Janet. Nora, good evening. CBS News has learned the NTSB team will be arriving here in just a couple of hours to lead the investigation. And unlike most plane crashes, they have a surviving crew and passengers to talk to. It looked unsurvivable. What you're seeing is what's left of an MD-87 aircraft. It's just the tail there. A commuter-sized jet burning up in a field 30 miles west of downtown Houston. As firefighters raced to put out the flames, news came that was almost beyond belief. 21 people were on board and everyone survived. There were just two minor injuries. The actual airplane uh, rolled down the runway, uh, struck an actual fence, and from there uh, became disabled. The 33-year-old jet, owned by Houston home builder J. Allen Kent, who was aboard, was cleared for takeoff but never got off the ground. Three crew on board and 18 passengers, including a 10-year-old, headed to tonight's Astros-Red Sox playoff game in Boston. A couple hours after the accident, I walked into the airport and found 10 or 15 of the passengers still inside and dressed in their Astros gear, waiting to talk to investigators. First responders said they arrived to find an intense fire and shell-shocked passengers already off the aircraft. They were very, very stunned, but they did all self-extricate. We can't tell you how, how they did that or in what method. Uh, and the plane was fully involved when we arrived. The NTSB will take charge of investigating. Robert Sumwalt is its former number. chairman. It could be that there was a warning light that came on in the cockpit right as the crew was preparing to take off. It could be a mechanical condition that would have prevented the aircraft from actually lifting off. Billowing smoke could be seen for miles. Close up, the incredible reality that somehow... No lives were lost. This is a good day. This is actually a day of celebration for a lot of people. After all they'd been through, the passengers I saw seemed surprisingly relaxed as they waited at the airport to offer their account to investigators. Nora. A real miracle on the runway. Janet Chamlian, thank you. And to Haiti now, tonight the White House says it won't comply with the multi-million dollar demands of the kidnappers who are holding 17 Christian missionaries hostage in Haiti. Efforts to get them released are continuing on the ground in Haiti while prayers are being offered back here at home. CBS's Manuel Bohorkas reports from Port-au-Prince. Police at this checkpoint today inspected vehicles headed towards the gang-held territory. CBS News has learned the hostage-taker's initial demand is $1 million for each of the 17 missionary hostages. Christian Aid Ministries in Ohio released a statement about the victims. The adults range in age from 18 to 48, the five children from 15 years to just eight months old. We went to a government ministry in Port-au-Prince today, but officials would not comment, citing the sensitive nature of negotiations with the notorious 400 Mawozo gang, which is accused of kidnapping the 16 Americans and one Canadian Saturday after the missionaries visited an orphanage near the capital. This is where the 400 Mawozo gang's territory begins. Their headquarters not far from here, but we're told it's simply too dangerous to approach. To give you a sense of how large an area they control, it extends from here more than 20 miles to the border with the Dominican Republic. 
The FBI is in Haiti working with the authorities. Today, the White House took a firm stand against giving in to the kidnappers. Because that's never has never been in the interest of bringing people home who are being uh, held for ransom. In the U.S., churches affiliated with Christian aid ministries continue to pray and wait. A family of five from Oceana, Michigan, is among the hostages. Todd Dooling is a local pastor there. To have it hit that close to home is extremely heartbreaking. Christian Aid Ministries said part of the missionaries' outreach here in Haiti was to help rebuild after an earthquake in August that killed more than 2,000 people. A source close to the gang told us the kidnapped children are growing increasingly frustrated, crying, and some refusing to eat. Nora? Hmm. Many Borges, thank you. We want to turn now to the COVID pandemic and news tonight that the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, has tested positive for COVID despite being fully vaccinated. We're told he has mild symptoms and is now working from home. And there's also some big news about the effectiveness of the vaccines for children. Here's CBS's Lilia Luciano. Tonight, just weeks before the federal government is expected to authorize the Pfizer vaccine for children as young as five, a new study shows the vaccine to be even more effective against severe illness for kids than it is for adults. For kids, the vaccine is 93 percent effective against hospitalization. For adults who are not immunocompromised, it's 88 percent effective. This is great real world data that should urge parents to vaccinate their kids. Tomorrow, the FDA is likely to authorize the Moderna and Johnson & Johnson booster shots. The agency is also expected to say that mixing and matching vaccines is safe. For example, a person who was vaccinated with Johnson & Johnson could get the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine as a booster. Infectious disease doctor Monica Gandhi says it's good news. It doesn't just protect you against hospitalization, but even infection or having any symptoms at all? Exactly. And yes, there was improved protection from any symptomatic infection. Getting COVID after being fully vaccinated remains rare, but Colin Powell's death from COVID this week brought the immunocompromised and elderly into focus. Powell was 84 years old and also had Parkinson's and multiple myeloma. And that's one of the reasons why back in August, a recommendation from the FDA and then CDC came to get that third immunization uh, in those who were immunocompromised in the hopes that that could bring it up. So he was older, he had multiple myeloma. So if anyone is going to have a breakthrough hospitalization or a breakthrough death, unfortunately, it's, it's someone like the general. In one of his last interviews, Powell told reporter Bob Woodward, don't feel sorry for me, for God's sakes. I haven't lost a day of life fighting these two diseases. A recent study showed that for people who got the Johnson & Johnson shot, getting either a Pfizer or Moderna booster isn't just safe, it could even be better protection against infection than another J&J shot. Nora. Really important information. Lilia Luciano, thank you. Well, tonight we wanted to take a look at the first responders in America who are willing to lose their jobs instead of following COVID vaccine mandates. And with police and fire departments already stretched thin, many are wondering... What does this mean now for public safety? CBS's Jeff Begays takes a closer look. I'm wrapping up my last shift after 20 years. On his last day as a Spokane, Washington firefighter, Tim Archer recorded this message. I'll be fired tonight by the city of Spokane. Bravo. He joins about 20 other colleagues who have also been relieved for resisting the state's vaccine mandate. Why didn't you comply? I really felt like this is in violation 
of the civil rights that God has given us. Firefighters and police officers in cities like Chicago and Los Angeles are also being given the ultimatum. Get vaccinated or lose your job. Officials say vaccine mandates for city workers are necessary to protect the community. But in many cities, rising crime is the primary public safety issue. Now coupled with a lack of policing. Unfortunately, our hiring has not been able to keep up with attrition. Sergeant Randy Husarik of the Seattle Police Department, where detectives have been forced to pitch in and go on emergency calls. We have over the last you know year and 10 months uh, had uh, in excess of 300 officers separate from the department. In Massachusetts, the state police union believes at least 150 state police officers will resign. What kind of impact could this have if you lose 300 troopers? It's going to be felt everywhere. We'll have uh, slower responses. There'll be case backlogs. You're going to see less troopers responding to critical incidents. Officers and firefighters were hoping that cities and states would have chosen a path where it wasn't. All or nothing, that's how they see these mandates. They believe a more suitable alternative would have been to offer regular testing for those who didn't want to get vaccinated. Nora. Such a critical story. Jeff Begays, thank you. Well, we've got breaking news tonight. The U.N. Security Council has just announced that it will hold an emergency meeting after North Korea launched a new ballistic missile. These are the first pictures of what the North Koreans say is a missile being launched from a submarine, which would be a major advance for the country's military. And the timing could be deliberate. President Biden's special envoy for North Korea will reportedly meet with allies in South Korea about reviving those nuclear talks with Kim Jong-un. All right, tonight, former Trump advisor Steve Bannon is standing his ground, refusing to comply with a congressional subpoena in the Capitol riot investigation. But his refusal could lead to criminal charges amid new scrutiny of his possible role in the insurrection. CBS's Chris Van Cleve is at the Capitol. Tonight, a subpoena showdown as the House committee investigating the January 6th insurrection moves to hold Steve Bannon in contempt of Congress, which could lead to jail time after he failed to turn over documents or show up for a deposition. Public reports have him plotting with a variety of individuals, uh, scheming up an overthrow of the Constitution. We'd like to know more about that. The committee views Bannon's testimony as critical, arguing statements he made on January 5th suggest foreknowledge about the violence that happened the next day, including comments made during his podcast. All hell is going to break loose tomorrow. It's not going to happen like you think it's going to happen. Okay, it's going to be quite extraordinarily different. Former President Trump has urged his top aides not to cooperate, and he's filed a lawsuit to stop the National Archives from handing over key documents from his administration, including details of his conversations on January 6th. But President Biden waived Mr. Trump's executive privilege, allowing for the potential document dump as soon as next month. The former president's actions represented a unique and existential threat to our democracy uh, that we don't feel can be swept under the rug. Now, the committee is not getting its handcuffs out just yet. In fact, there are several steps before Mr. Bannon could face a criminal charge. The next step could come on Thursday when we expect the full House of Representatives could vote. A simple majority is needed to move forward. Nora. Chris Van Cleve, thank you. Tonight, the FDA is taking steps to help tens of millions of Americans who struggle to hear 
and can't afford a hearing aid, which can cost thousands of dollars. More affordable devices could soon be available and over-the-counter. Here's CBS News Chief Medical Correspondent Dr. John LaPook. Same thing on this year, okay? The proposed FDA rule could be a financial relief for the nearly 30 million Americans with hearing difficulties. I just felt it was mandatory. I mean, it's you get glasses because you can't see. You need to get something to help you to hear. The proposed FDA rules would establish official technical guidelines for these devices and allow hearing aids to be sold directly to consumers over the counter and online without a medical examination or fitting by an audiologist. Dr. Jay Youngerman is an ear, nose, and throat specialist at Northwell Health. How could this help? I think it becomes a uh, an introduction where they can at least trial the basic hearing aid and see how they do with it uh, without spending thousands of dollars. For a majority of people, it may work very well. The goal is to lower the price barrier. Hearing aids can cost close to $10,000 and aren't covered by Medicare. Place the body of the right hearing aid on the upper part of your right ear. A 2017 law opened the door to over-the-counter hearing aids for mild to moderate hearing loss. There are already a few on the market, costing less than $1,000. So has there been pushback from the industry about this new regulation? Absolutely not. We support the regulation. We want to make sure that the technical provisions in it ensure that those consumers who have the devices have a device that is safe and effective. Nora, I've had so many Medicare patients tell me they simply cannot afford a hearing aid. The FDA says four out of five patients who could benefit from a hearing aid don't have one. So assuming this goes through, which could take up to a year, it could improve the lives of millions of Americans. Oh, for sure. It will help so many people. Dr. John LaPook, thank you so much. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, a scathing report blames three dozen Navy officers and sailors for the fire that destroyed the USS Bonham Richard. One sailor has been charged with deliberately starting the July 2020 fire. But the report says sweeping failures by the captain, officers and crew members allowed the $2 billion ship to burn for days. All right. Here in D.C. today, the FBI raided a mansion owned by a Russian billionaire with close ties to Vladimir Putin. Officials wouldn't say what they were looking for. The man whose home was raided was mentioned multiple times in special counsel Robert Mueller's report on interference in the 2016 presidential election. The FBI also searched his home in New York City. 
Well, a remarkable discovery in the waters off northern Israel. An amateur diver found a sword believed to have been used by a crusader knight about 900 years ago. The Crusades, which lasted centuries, were a series of religious wars between European Christians and Middle Eastern Muslims. Well, the jewel-encrusted sword, well, yeah, it needs to be cleaned up, you can tell. And then they say they're going to put it on display. Our next story will have you sing double. It's part of a project by a photographer who makes history come alive. Here's CBS's Jerika Duncan. You know their faces and their voices. You may write me down in history. Trailblazing women who made history. You may trod me in the very dirt. Now inspiring young girls to make their own. Stay right there. Photographer Tricia Mezzaro chose seven-year-old Madison Klein and dozens of other girls to become, at least for a moment, these pioneers. She's really strong, and that makes me feel like I'm strong. Beautiful. Giants resized for her latest book, Trailblaze Her. You name it, these women have really focused on what they want to do in life, and they went for it, and they didn't let anybody stop them. Asuka! I see Celia Cruz in me. You see Celia Cruz in you? Yes. The laugh, the hand gestures, everything. Seven-year-old J. Lee Rosemary Suprise was cast as singer Celia Cruz. And maybe turn to the side somewhere. Naya Otero portrayed principal ballerina Misty Copeland. That's you. Oh, my gosh. I love it. To me, it's so empowering um, to see the next generation representing, I think, what our future is. That's good. Young girls following in the footsteps of legends. Go for it. Go. Jerika Duncan, CBS News, New York. Because if you see it, you can believe it. Tomorrow, meet the rookie officer who carries a badge and a violin, how he's making a difference in the community through his music. I'm Nora O'Donnell. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Farian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus.